It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. This edition of How to Be a CEO is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharmadine Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. ES Audio. This song and the intro to Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi are about the only things I can play on a piano. Like a few people my age, which is very young, I learned it after seeing Tom Hanks and Robert Loggia bounce about on that giant piano at the legendary New York toy store F.A.O. Schwartz in the movie Big. Do you know what else is big in New York? The British toy company Marvin's Magic. F.A.O. Schwartz was great for us, a small world, even in those days, and I'm sure they would have been over and seen success at Hamleys and Harrods and Selfridges where we had products. Uh, but also, there is a thing about in America, they like the English thing and it has a sort of cachet about it. It's been 35 years since Marvin Barglass founded the company that's now in 60 markets worldwide. An incredible trick for anyone. Never underestimate the power of magic. I just had... A flair for it. I just enjoyed it, got into it, and realised that these this is powerful. What you can do with magic, whether it got you to the front of a queue in a nightclub or you know meeting people or whatever, and, and having fun, it was just a great thing. So, am I a magician or am I a businessman? Mm, I like to think as both, and I think it's, it's a really lovely hat to be wearing. I'm David Marsland, and Marvin's going to be appearing at the Evening Standards SME Expo, along with people like Deborah Meaden, Levi Roots, Charlie Mullins, and loads of others. It's being held at the XL in London on April 25th and 26th. Find out more at smexpo.co.uk. But before he takes to the stage, let's meet Marvin at his office in Marlebone, where I want to know how he broke the United States. How do we get there? Well... When we, we had success in London first with our demonstration business, which is how it all started out really, in other words, showing the products off uh, in a really good way in a great environment, we thought, well, there must be some other stores like this around the world. And, and we tried to understand where they were. And obviously F.A. Schwartz is, was, was a big one. And, yeah. and so we targeted them first, but, and, but they've changed ownership and management. Lots of things have happened since then. But they reopened a few years back in Rockefeller Plaza and retail entertainment, as it's called, um, which is sort of in-store theater, is very big. It separates them from the old sort of supermarkets and people who just pile it high uh, and products and sell it cheap. They, they wanted to, 
to concentrate on like experiential shopping. Mm. So it was like an event to take the kids there and, and witness the magicians and stuff. And so we're good at that. We've been doing it for a long time and, and, and uh, they've seen that and they like us and we've got a huge area there. And now we look, look after all of their demonstrations. So I guess there must have been a point probably in fairly recent history when stores like FAO Schwartz, like Harrods, realized that people were doing online shopping so we've got to get people back into the store themselves. Yeah, yeah. And were you just standing there waiting or, or did you go, do you know what, we can help you out with it? Well, think about it. We were actually doing this instinctively, you know, when we first started. This is our 35th year now. I can't believe that, 35 years. So when we did it, we knew no better. We're just enthusiastic and passionate about our products and opportunities to show them off. And with magic, it's a sort of theatrical bit of showmanship required to show it off. And it just always gathered a lot of attention, you know. And um, then the stores realized, well, hold on, this is good because it's not just um, selling a lot of product, but it's actually bringing in, you know, an attraction. Mm. But doing this demonstration type of business is actually quite complicated because the sort of people that are good at demonstrating and being theatrical tend to be extrovert people who maybe aren't the best at getting there first thing in the morning and you know and, and all the things you need to do sort yeah. of to to keep down a, a, a nine to five job. And as retail became not nine to five, it was ten to ten often. You know, it was huge. We had to get a whole pool of people, and uh, rather than just magicians who we, who were magnets to come to us, we we actually went out and got sort of actors who were often unemployed and trained them between auditions to be able to work and and learn entertaining sales presentations. You know, it, it's they, it's not dissimilar to let's say when you go to see a, a comedian in a nightclub. You know, mm. you make your opinion about him in the first few seconds he walks on. Has he got the audience in the first few seconds? And you, then you like him or you don't like him. And then and then you applaud. Well, it's the same in store. There's so much going on. They've had a busy days getting there. If the guy or girl is good demonstrator, you, you've got your attention. It's entertaining to watch. And, and your applause is if you trust them enough that you actually want to take it home and buy it. That's yeah. the applause. And so it's a, it's a very interesting... Uh, dynamic. So I'd assumed that the people you were hiring were illusionists, were magicians, were, yeah. were entertainers. But if they're not, then I wonder if that's actually quite a good way to test your products. A lot of these Marvin's Magic sets are aimed at children. So they're impressive illusions, but they should be relatively easy to do, a lot of them. So are you able to look at, oh, okay, is that working? If you can bring someone in with no magic background, and get them to perform it in a really kind of entertaining way. We dealt with what we call professional magic made easy. So mm. if you like, it started, it's almost the painting by numbers of magic. You know, there was a, a sort of gimmick or something that helped you do it. So you could concentrate on the presentation and, and your personality. And, you know, and magic is really good like that because it actually does make shy kids more confident and it helps on presentational skills and that type of thing. So, yeah, it was easy to actually identify that and train people to do that. And it was probably better to get actors to do that because sometimes when you got magicians, they're so steeped in their own things, they're wanting to impress and and then it sort of mums would leave their kids and say, well, I'll be back in half an hour, you watch The Magician, which ain't too good for sales, really. <laughs> was the US the first place you expanded to outside of the UK market? 
Yes, we actually, after two or three years of doing demonstration business, we went to some trade fairs firstly. Mm. And one of the trade fairs was an international trade fair in Germany, in Nuremberg, called the um, the Spielwaren. Yeah, it's very and, famous. That's where yeah. lots of the, the really big toy makers yes. go. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's a very famous area for toys because of the wood that was made for toys in that area but we went there even though we were quite naive and inexperienced at the time because of the showmanship aspect and we we were hugely busy with people wanting to see but we realized took us a, a year or two to realize that the people watching might have been other exhibitors the security guard the cleaning lady it wasn't necessarily all your customers you know so it it was a learning curve and yeah we'd pick up thousands of business cards and stuff but actually converting that into business it was was quite complex really and, and not that practical yeah so, so an english-speaking territory like you know fa schwartz was great for us obviously it was a lot easier and did they know the marvel's magic product before you took it to them i mean who came to who first you know it's hard to think back actually on because it is such a long time ago because we have dealt with them for many years now but i would imagine they've done comparative shopping it's a small world even in those days and i'm sure they would have been over and seen success at hamleys and harrods and selfridges where we had products uh but also there is a thing about in america they like the english thing and it has a sort of cachet about it so that actually didn't do us any harm at all especially as it was quality products you know yeah and of course magic has a home in yes. england doesn't yes, it very much it, yeah. it's huge in the states you know yeah. massive in hollywood yeah. like famous yeah. castle where yeah. all the magicians hang out but magic has a traditional home yes right here in england did yeah. that work does that work internationally can you make that part of the brand do you know we we did we made it part of the brand you know we we push on the uh, english side of things and, and especially when we expanded we're now in 60 odd countries more than 60 countries the majority is in the states and 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 and, and the uk but we have you know we're in every territory you can think of crazy and sometimes you get a um a market when now our brand is known. Somebody would come to you and, and you know, let's say it might be from Hungary and say, I want to put this there. Well, it, it's a bit complicated, but, you know, we have to work it out and obviously translate the packaging and the instructions and, yeah. and there's minimum orders required. So there's costs involved in all that type of thing. Was that unexpectedly big for you to do that? I mean, how complex is that kind of procedure? And did you realise that when you went into this? No, you don't. You, you know, when, when you first start out, you want to cast in it as big as possible. You don't really know all the pitfalls or, or the local issues that you may have. But um, it would tend to be the enthusiasm and perseverance from the customer itself would determine how how easy the door is to open or not. Yeah. Uh, you know, for example, I remember we had a, an entrepreneurial person in Holland who was selling our stuff into banks or someone in Sweden who was selling a product into a petrol station. You know, it's just really crazy things. And and But if, if the order was big enough, we could do it. That was the point. Yeah. The trouble is, let's just say, you know, we have a product, a Marvin's Magic Box of Tricks might have 300 tricks in it, right? So the instructions already are pretty big. Now, if you had to translate that uh, speculatively into let's say eight or ten languages you're putting a brick in there of, yes. of which is wasted so you know you you probably have to have a, a territory that was keen enough to to go for it 
probably have an order actually. So you either work directly with the customers themselves or you might get a distributor. But when you get a distributor, there's lots of margin you're giving away, of course, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's, it's much, it's much uh, harder to make it work. Can that kind of issue, though, be resolved with technology today? Because, I mean, when you look at a Marvin's Magic set, you've got tricks that works with iPhones, for mm. example. So can you put your instructions onto an iPhone and have all those translations there, save you money, save you shipping? Yeah. Does that work for you, or is that something you can look at? You know, it's something we definitely are doing in the last few years a lot more, and it's it's we have a Marvin's Magic app, which... In every instruction booklet, we have a QR code and you would go into the secret QR code and it would now automatically download the videos that we've made. So it's a lot easier for kids to learn, stop, rewind, pause, uh, and and also in different languages. That's really opened the door for us as we've expanded uh, into Europe in, in particular. And after you broke the US, like the Beatles, yeah. <laughs> did everything else just kind of cascade internationally or was it hard work from getting there? You know, it... it to break the states is, you know, that's a, it's a great thing to say. But, you know, the reality is we we work with a handful of companies really, really well, rather than in the past, lots badly. Uh, and I think that's really a good, a good thing. We work very closely with, for example, just on a huge uh, Costco global project. And that's gone into all the stores there. And that's a massive order for us. That was a big... That's huge. Yeah, yeah. it was huge. And it's, it's just really great to see you branding in all those sort of places and locations. We're doing really well with Amazon out there as well. So those three accounts alone are really great. Whereas in the past, we were they have something called Mama and Papa stores, which are sort of independently run toy gift educational stores and the logistics of lots of small orders of how you get the goods to them how it works how they pay etc it was, was very complex and, and probably not really the best usage of our time and mm-hmm. i think that's really important to, to actually analyze what your market is and what's the best market for you and what would what would work and when you're in all of these different places, 60 countries around the world. It must be hundreds, thousands of places that Marvel's Magic must be appearing. For want of a better word, how do you kind of protect the brand? Because when you hand it over, you're giving it to all of these different shops, different stores. How do you look after the Marvel's Magic brand? Yeah, we have a very, uh, we work very hard on that for our demonstration accounts. But having said that, there's so few demonstration accounts around the world that we actually, we soon realized that Demonstration is is obviously a very effective way of selling, but it, there's not many locations that can sustain the cost of having people there standing there all the time um, demonstrating because you need a real a captive or changing audience of, you know, quite probably well-to-do people who are able to sort yeah. of pay the premium prices compared to a value thing. So, there's you know, we only have that in a handful of locations. But what we learned, demonstration is one side of our business. The other side was trade business and, and took us two or three, four years. Let's just say we had a magician selling a special pack of cards that was, he was selling all day long, every day. Great. He's doing a great job in, in somewhere like Hamleys, mm-hmm. etc. But then we had, I think it was Boots, the chemist there, men's gift department approached us in about years and years ago and said, oh, this is great. Can we have this in all our stores for a, a sort of men's gift product? And they just gave us an order, which was the equivalent of 
probably a year's worth of demonstration. And it's, and that was a real light bulb moment for us because, you know, that was amazing. That Hold on, they can, they've got 600 stores or however many, you know, and they could just put, even if it was a, you know, a few dozen pieces in each store for Christmas, that was big. So we had to concentrate on how do we get more and more stores to do that. And therefore the packaging now was had to communicate what the demonstrator yeah. used to do or there had to be a price point that was an impulse buy or it had to be something, a little cachet about it to make it a bit different. Okay, quick magic trick. Think of a number between one and 10. Now multiply that by nine. Done that? Multiplying by nine is pretty hard. Now, from that new number, add the first and second digits together. And if you went lowball, and I don't blame you, and only have a single digit, add zero. Now, add four. And while you figure out how I know the number you have is 13, have a listen to some adverts. I'd also say that hitting the follow button on your podcast provider will give you the answer, but it won't. It will, though, mean you never miss an episode of How to Be a CEO. So do it anyway. Back after these. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax. And think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Going back. 35 years ago, mm-hmm. when you, I guess, first designed or set out to do this, yeah. did you see yourself in 60 countries? Did you see Mama's Magic being the household name that it is? I was always hoping, and and, and I sort of did. I, funny enough, I was thinking back that when I was a kid riding my bike, you know, maybe nine, ten years old, I, I actually envisaged something like this. I don't know, didn't know what it was, but... I thought it'd be cool, but it's actually it's, if you've got passion in something, I think it's it. It didn't happen overnight. It, you know, we worked very hard. Lots of things have happened, and and now in, in all fairness, David, I, I'm I'm really proud of what we've achieved. That yeah. we've been encouraging literally millions of kids around the world into magic, which is a great hobby. And 
did I imagine? You know, I was hoping, but it's it is actually organic. It's happened. One opportunity leads to another, and I think if you're good and you're reliable, you're honest, you're hardworking, people see that and they want to associate with you. As opposed, if you're too desperate, pushing and pushing, and uh, you you know, it's no good looking for the fast buck in this world. You know, especially with all the compliance and all the additional costs and things you have to do. You you know, you, we're here for the long game. What's the an opportunity way back where you could go that's where that's where everything made the difference that was the turning point for this company there was two or three things that I couldn't pinpoint um Obviously, the first being the launch in the big store groups, which was great. The second was when TV shopping became very big. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, we're going back now 22, 23 years, and the likes of QVC was just starting in the UK. And they came to us and said, look, if we give you a two-hour show, what do you think? And we did. We put our stuff, we, we put on a full-on magic show selling our products, <laughs> but it got a lot of new names, a lot of people were started to watch and they liked that. And we sold very well. And as a result of that, QVC in America at that stage was huge. It was going to 63 million homes. So we actually earned the opportunity to have two one-hour shows, uh, Marvin's Magic with Marvin Bergeros in in um, Philadelphia, the largest live studios out there. You know, that was a quite an experience because it was full on and... Uh, sounds very exciting and the, the numbers were potentially huge, but the risk factor was also enormous because it was pretty much sale or return and we had to label each product, get it all out there. And if it didn't work, it didn't sell, it was coming back. And that's a long way to send products there and back. So a lot was on the line. That was a big risk for us. But thankfully, it did sell. And one of the products in particular sold ridiculously well it was a, ma- a magic drawing board which is a age-old product which we've been selling and they i think they bought something like eight thousand units for the first show in november and ten thousand for the second show in december and i managed to sell all eighteen thousand in four minutes that's <laughs> <laughs> a good day i mean it was it was and there was it was like a thousand people on the switchboard taking the orders they, they said this is great this is re-, you know even by arms is really good obviously it was a visual product it had a demonstration a start middle and finish and so they said, how quickly can you get some more? And a container load was about 36,000 of these things. And a few weeks later, we got them in there and I sold them in the weekend. And 54,000 a few weeks later. My record was 93,000 units in a weekend, which was unbelievable, you know. And I look back and think, well, you know, that was incredible. But uh, as a result of that, we did a partnership with them. They came to us and said, you know, this is great. And they called it Marvin's Magic. And it was they did what they called DRTV, direct response TV mm-hmm. commercials, where they put on, you know, uh, um, you know, quite cheesy sort of adverts. Do you want to, you know, that type of thing, phone this number, you know. And, uh, and as a result, our, our brand became quite big from then onwards and was known, you know, uh, in the States, really. So that helped us open a few doors, clearly. What's your biggest seller? What's the biggest seller? Of all time, and is it still selling? Well, I think I think those numbers are hard to beat. You yeah. know, uh, they were incredible because we sold millions of those items. You know, as I said, this this stuff with Costco is a lovely big Marvin's yeah. Magic Ultimate set, and we, you know, literally uh, th- tens, hundreds of thousands. You know, it's a it's a big item. But gen- generally, our staple sellers t- tend to be um, Magic Made Easy box of tricks, which is you know mm-hmm. at a price point and, and and an introduction into magic. When we grew the brand, it wasn't just kids' magic. We saw that was obviously the, the niche, perhaps, between a certain age. But then we, we also did executive magic, how to make money appear in front of your bank manager or how to tear <laughs> up a contract in the middle of a meeting or something. So it was also 
it was a fun thing because it because magic is a power it gives you know it, it gives you confidence if you're in a meeting or, or a presentation everyone's had a magic set at least once in their life and it's yeah. our job to make sure that magic set is as good as possible with clear instructions so you, so the kid can be the star of the show get the playground power impress his family friends and then hopefully he'll go on to the next one or want to get the next thing and that's how we've built it up and and you know glad to say that a lot of our customers became our demonstrators in stores and later became successful people in show business, you know, mm. over the years. As we say, it's got a nostalgic feel now. Second generation, the people who had it as kids now mm. buy it for their kids, which is great. Yeah, that must be quite nice because there's, I guess there's some kind of affection there with the brand itself, isn't there? This is the set I had when I was yeah. eight. Here's my son, here's yeah. my daughter. I'm going to buy them a magic set yeah. and we're going to do that. Are any of the tricks the same? Can, can, can people go back and go, yes. this is the one I did? Yeah, I, I mean, there's obviously, we always come out with new stuff as well and trying to refresh and, and and mix uh, some classics with some new technology stuff but ultimately you know magic is a traditional art form there's there's things that go back hundreds of years you know in Hieronymus Bosch is a picture of cups and balls being done you know in a, in a festival and stuff so yeah that's a staple in, in you know in, in a lot of our magic sets it's, it's good to tip the hat to to some of the past but we also do try to bring it bang up to date for example the app uh, means that not only can you use the product as it's supposed to be used, but if you use it in conjunction with your iPhone now, it does something further, maybe augmented reality or, or things of, you know, unbelievable things like yeah, that. Yeah, so you can go back to the past, but there's going to be something new, there's going to be something surprising Absolutely, for yeah. you as well. And I guess that's important when you're yeah. trying to evolve a product to keep it fresh, it to is. keep it fresh. It's like absolutely that. important. I mean, we were talking about the, the, the origins of Marvel's Magic and you always had this idea of there being you know, an international presence there. But, I mean, you'd been doing magic yourself for a long time. Your family was in magic, wasn't yeah. it? Are you a businessman or a magician, Marvin? In your heart of hearts, how do you introduce yourself to people? I'm both. I'm a magician and entrepreneur, I think. That's basically what they say. You know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm proud to say that. Say that. I mean, uh, my father, David Berglas, uh, who's 96 now, was the first TV magician to have his own series back in the 50s and 60s. People might remember Paul Daniels and before that we'll remember David Nixon, some of the older people, and before that was my dad. And 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 then he worked doing some incredible stuff and he's the, in football parlance, he's the Bobby Charlton of, of magic. You know, he's, he's looked up to by so many <laughs> yes. people and, you know, even all the contemporaries of today think he's a legend. But Actually, I wasn't that interested in magic when I was younger. I, oh, really? Because you know, I was, I was in, it was, you know, it steeped in that world. But you tend to rebel against what your family does, and you know, it didn't really strike a chord until a lot later on. When I saw and had a few tricks, I actually went to a convention in Lyon with my dad last minute when I was at school, about sixteen, to help him out on something, and I just had a flair for it. I just enjoyed it, got into it, and realised that these, this is powerful. What you can do with magic, and it. You know, whether it got you to the front of a queue in a nightclub or, you know, meeting people or whatever and, and having fun. It was just a great thing. So I got more and more into it. It was self-taught on, on the type of commercial magic that I do personally. And I do perform still uh, in some very interesting um, facets all around the world, which is great. But... Am I a magician or am I a businessman? Mm, I'm, I like to think as both. And I think it's, it's a really lovely hat to be wearing. Okay, slightly different way of asking a similar question then. 
What's better, signing a huge deal with FAO Schwartz or seeing a six-year-old with a magic wand? Whose magic wand is it? Oh, it's yours, yeah. obviously. <laughs> no, I'd, no, I'd, I'd say, you know, I'd say seriously, my, if I had any legacy at all, it would be that we've encouraged the magicians of tomorrow. So that, I'm really the most proud of that. That was Marvin Bergvoss from Marvin's Magic. If you enjoyed that, remember he's appearing at the SME Expo in April. Go to smexpo.co.uk for more info. How to be a CEO is taking a break for Christmas. We'll be back in January. Why not take a listen to the back catalogue while we're away? See you after the new year. <laughs>